0: bing bong I'm back with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast where I'm joined by the man the myth the legend Jeff Booth we go into the current macro economy the price of tomorrow his book and everything that his thesis outlines when it comes to Bitcoin uh the current macro environment the SEC regulations and his opinions on that And how he's looking and positioning himself with ego death capital when it comes to the current uncertain macro times. So overall, if you've heard Jeff speak, you know this is going to be a banger of a conversation. So be sure to get tuned in and lock in real quick for this next awesome episode. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, this is not financial advice. Everything you hear in this podcast should not be taken as financial advice. It is strictly the opinion of Jeff and myself now. Let's get into the episode. Whoosh. Bing bong. I am live with another edition of the State of Bitcoin podcast where I've got a very special guest in the waiting room. I've got Jeff Booth down there where we're going to talk about the overall macro environment, SEC regulations against crypto, Bitcoin, and much, much more. But first, I'd like to thank my sponsor, Pleb Lab. So if you're in Austin, Texas, go ahead and check out Pleb Lab. They'll have the best co-working space if you're looking to get into the Bitcoin space. They've also got a ton of events coming up here. So later in June, uh, I believe June 23rd, they're going to be hosting a fun Satlantis Gamer Night, uh, plus barbecue, so check out the info at pleblab.com. And also on July 1st, they're going to be hosting a Fresh Bites farmer's market. And there's still some room for some local farmers to get up there and put their produce. So if you're in the Austin area, go ahead and check it out. If not, check out the Nomad Pass at pleblab.com. You can get into their internal communications on their Slack channel. They got people like Odell, Super Testnet, some of the bigger names in the space uh, where you have direct access to them. So you can go ask questions, ask development stuff, all that kind of stuff. Really get deep into that Bitcoin community in Austin. So be sure to check them out. And then also, shout out to Coddle.co. That's Coddle Storage. They got the best punch plates in the game. If you want a punch plate, take your Bitcoin off the exchange. Use Coddle Co. to store uh, that seed phrase in the most battle tested punch plates in the game. And use promo code GREEN CANDLE, and you'll get 10% off. Now, as I alluded to a little bit in the beginning, I do have a very special guest. I got Jeff Booth here. Jeff, how you doing, man?
1: Great. Good, great to be here, Brandon.
0: Dang. Thanks so much for coming on. So for those who don't really know too much about your background, why don't you give us a, a quick a little synopsis of who you are and kind of uh, how you came into the Bitcoin space?
1: A technology entrepreneur, uh, primarily, uh, built a number of technology companies uh, and boards of other, uh, uh, many others, and then wrote a book called The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is Key to an Abundant Future. Um, that just I was just interested in the intersection of technology and what was happening in the world. So, wrote a book uh, describing what was happening and what would happen um, as we went through this phase transition, uh, and led me deep down the rabbit hole with Bitcoin, um, and uh, and now I understand uh, that's really the only thing that resolved this paradox.
0: Yeah, and so it, it sounds like you kind of like, you know, you found Bitcoin uh, through like the technology aspect of things, but you've really taken a dive in, you know, the price of tomorrow when it comes to the overall macro environment. So I kind of want to start there. Obviously, we have, you know, we've had the COVID crash, boom, <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. Um, whether that's uh, fabricated or what, you know, that, that's, a, that's a conversation that could last a couple hours. But, um, you know, we're, we're kind of an interesting uh, point in the cycle, it seems, where, you know, we're, I guess, you know, depending on who you ask, we're either in a recession or we're not. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll leave it kind of broad there. Where do you kind of think we are in this overall, you know, macro environment? And I guess kind of describe, you know, where, where you, how you think we got here.
1: We're in a slow transition to an entirely new system that operates on different rules. That's the high, uh, the highest level. All of the models that we've used in previous models to be able to understand how the world works, they're they're all flawed because money was always flawed. It could always be there. There was a throughout history, if you could control the money, you could control society. Um, and so there was such a. Uh, 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 Throughout history, there was such a different uh, kind of power to try to control money, and it repeated over time through uh, uh, throughout history. Um, and that mean and the winners write the history books, so all our history must be flawed with that problem embedded in it. And you have what's happened with Bitcoin is it is, is, is it is a complete change in, in decentralizing and securing money. So you don't need an institution to protect it. And it's, it, 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 as far as I can tell, it's literally unstoppable. Um, and so, so all of these models, when you ask a question, COVID or or, 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 or inflation, or deflation, or all of these things—those are all constructs of the existing system. And and I try to s- solve this at the highest level first, and then walk down through the uh, through the, through the examples um, <clears throat> to be able to get people to understand. Um, and and there isn't an, o- an economist alive or dead who would who would disagree with uh, with uh, what I'm about to say. Prices fall to the marginal cost of production period over a long enough time horizon that always happens and so 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 uh, you can stop it for a short term you can stop it by regulating an industry in a country by by uh, by regulating an industry or Or pushing additional units of money to try to stop that from happening in the short term, but over a long enough time horizon, the free market finds a way, and prices continue to fall to the marginal cost of production. For the same reason, the oxygen you're breathing right now is free. No entrepreneurs could, if they, if somebody came up with a business idea that said, "Hey, I'm going to go and give Brandon oxygen while he's doing this Zoom call." you'd laugh them out of the room and you'd never pay for that because it would be ludicrous. So you can't create a market on something that that is like that. And so the the entrepreneurs go elsewhere where they can create value for society. And as they do, they attack different problems and and, and prices fall as a result. Now, if that's happening, um, which we know it is throughout time, and we also know that productivity is increasing exponentially With artificial intelligence as we get better and better at things, then prices should be falling exponentially and life should be getting cheaper. But the only thing that could measure that uh, happening is is a a unit of account or a a monetary uh, unit without manipulation, hard capped. So what's happening throughout the world, all of this noise and everybody that's measuring Bitcoin through the noise, inflation, deflation. What they're, What's actually happening is in Bitcoin, prices will fall forever. It'll match economic law and uh, because it can't be manipulated. It's outside the system and it has no counterparty risk to the system. You could introduce counterparty risk if you wanted to store it on an exchange. You could in, introduce counterparty risk if you applied leverage to your Bitcoin um, and had somebody else help, uh, hold it. But if you hold it in self-custody, You're literally outside of that system. And an economic law is accruing to you through the natural force of what I said, prices fall to the marginal cost of production. And everything else is noise. Everything. Because the the existing system has $400 trillion of debt that is already insolvent. There's no way to pay it back. So when you hear somebody say, we're going to pay it back you just instead say how right and realize that the only way that they could pay it back is through manipulating money faster and having a higher inflation rate to pay back the debt in ter- in in units that aren't that aren't re- the same value of the, those units so if you want to play in that system and measure the world from that system then, then you're going to slowly erode your val- the value of all of your work and everything else as it as it concentrates up. So it's just two different kind of measurements of the world we live in. one, uh, one, uh, one based on facts on on kind of and and what I, I want to qualify that, assuming there is no break in Bitcoin for forever or for some time what i just said would be true so now you could do the, the do the work and say is there any possibility of bitcoin fa- failing and that's where the work should go but everything else that i just said assuming that bitcoin isn't broken then then prices will fall forever against it
0: yeah. So, I, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you laid out this thesis here, right? I mean, and it, and it seems kind of obvious to Bitcoiners where it's like if you put everything in a deflationary currency like Bitcoin where there's a hard cap and, you know, we can go through all of that as can well. I,
1: can I just uh, pause you there? Yeah. Because a lot of people make that mistake. It's not a deflationary currency. I guess it could be if people lose their coins, but it's yeah. not a deflationary uh, currency. It's a neutral currency. Okay. and deflation exists because the free market creates deflation prices go down as a order of free free market so that's why prices fall. it's not because the currency is moving around it's because the currency should be neutral, measuring the world that we're in
0: okay well yeah that then th- that makes sense you know <laughs> kind of uh you know the way you laid it out there but You know, it seems like we've been conditioned, whether it's through school or, you know, economic classes or everything else to to, you know, kind of go against this 2 percent inflation number where we're anticipating everything to get more and more expensive as we get older, more and more expensive as as things come along. Um, But on the ruse that that everything becomes more efficient, um, you know, so I guess. It, do you think that's, that's maybe like the biggest barrier for people to get over when it comes to, you know, I guess thinking more in a Bitcoin standard just because, you know, through traditional education systems and everything, you know, that, that they're just living, living through, that they've been kind of conditioned to just, I guess, think in this kind of uh, denominated currency and denominated world?
1: It, it, that's why in my book I had one paragraph on Bitcoin. Because because you needed a pattern interrupt. Because what is happening in the world is we measure the world by by our our surroundings, and we interplay with the surroundings around our world. And so when everybody's doing the same thing, you can't see what could happen in a different type of environment. You're measuring the system from the system, and all your friends are measuring the system from the system, and and you needed a pattern interrupt in somebody's head to say I need to look at this differently. And the pattern interrupt that that that. I chose to use because I'm in technology is everybody could see that through the use of their phone, through the look at their apps on their phone, look at what we're doing right now. This is free. They couldn't have touched this many people be, uh, before. And all of the things that you're using are becoming more and more free. And there's less and less things. In other words, there's no tax revenue on this call for a government to to collect. There's no, so there's less money to be able to pay back the debt and that means the debt gets more expensive. So the only way to, to pay back the debt is to try to push prices up on other things, houses, other, other things, increase taxes and, and there's less and less things all the time and you're, try, and you're driving against this force. So that's why I chose kind of the economic law and what I said about the technology is it was all around us and people could see that you have this paradox. You have, and you had to, you almost had to question why, why it's so hard to understand is people stay s- stuck in the system, measuring the system from the system. And you had to introduce what was actually really happening outside the system. And they could, and most people could see, okay, wait, I understand that technology reduces prices, but I live in a system where prices go up. Why? And when you when people would go deep enough on that and ask why five times, then they could they could start to get to the bottom of this problem, that the system can't solve the uh, the system problem. Uh, ultimately, there is no way, no matter who you elect, no matter what ends up happening. And is it is just you're putting a different. It's just theater, on top of a structural problem, and we're in a phase transition, as society from moving to a system that we always knew and all our history books are full of that that it looks like this. And this is why it looks like this to a system that we don't know. Now you can project now, remember what what ends up happening in measurement itself is part of the part of the system. It's why in that measurement itself, is part of the system is why Blackberry doesn't see Apple or the iPhone it's why it's why uh, Blockbuster doesn't see Netflix. It's why it, it's it's exactly why creative destruction ends up happening because the people inside the system measuring all of the things from if you think about Blockbuster, nine thousand stores, and the nine thousand stores being in all the right spots gave them a crazy advantage in that world, where they couldn't see that once internet speeds hit a certain tipping point and you could download movies in real time, that the now 9,000 stores became an anchor around their neck rather than an advantage. They were an advantage till one point in time and then it just changed. And they were, you couldn't measure that from Blockbuster. You had to intuit what would happen. You had to forecast or you had to think what would happen if this happened. And so that was what all of society is going through right now. And the people that are more and more time in, in Bitcoin are spending more of their time in Bitcoin. Is they're actually already living in the future? They're seeing prices fall, on, and I'd say up and down. It would look up and down. But if they measured everything else in Bitcoin, it, 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 in years, you're seeing prices fall each and every year throughout uh, the most. In, in most cases. Um, but over a long enough time horizon, you'll see all prices fall against Bitcoin if you're using it as your as your unit of measure.
0: Yeah. And I mean it, it makes intuitive sense, you know, when you kind of think of it that way. But it seems like, you know, even the highest up in the uh, you know, I guess, most powerful chairs, right? We have Gary Gensler now kind of doing the crackdown on on crypto as securities. But it seems like every time he kind of gets in front of a microphone or something else, like he doesn't really understand Bitcoin yet. And it seems like, you know, a lot of the higher ups in, uh, you know, government power here in the United States don't really understand that. So, you know, with that, do you think like, uh, I guess, whether it comes to you know maybe the education system or maybe even it's just power like why do you feel that there's that that large seemingly knowledge gap when it comes to um you know some some of the people in power here in the united states and you know globally as well
1: yeah and, and first what i would do it for everybody listening that is already understanding bitcoin um you're going to uh, you, you'll naturally believe you always knew it because you know it now and you'll fail to realize that only a year ago or two years ago or four years ago you were exactly the same as everybody else you had no idea and you were acting exactly the same um and and that include maybe not four years ago for me but that includes me before taking this journey and understanding so i kind of look at what's ending up happening as a ser- system of incentives and uh, are and people reinforcing those incentives in the existing system without really Taking the time to be able to understand this, and actually, a lot of times, um, something that seems so crazy to the existing world, they're pushing uh, further against it. They're moving deeper in ho- a hole with all of the people that they that they hang around. In fact, I'll use an example: um, it's one point two billion fund. I'm on, I'm, on, I'm a founding fellow of something called Creative Destruction Lab, an international organization where essentially we mentor new companies that uh, that come in through essentially volunteering. And so I've been in, in a long time. We see lots of companies come through. I've invested in lots of companies to, through that process. Um, and there's one of the streams, it's a climate stream. And, and all of the capital around that climate stream and all of the people wanting to do great for the climate are inside the system. And they can't, and in fact, they would push massively against Bitcoin, and and they respect me, but couldn't see what I was doing with Bitcoin because they think it's terrible for the environment. and And one of the one of the very very bright people in that stream, he runs a one point two billion fund. Um, I, I I literally had to have this conversation with him off the record, um, and 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 so we had a two hour conversation two weeks ago about this, where I just kind of met him where he was and went through, went uh, went through this. And you could tell it wasn't what people believe. You could tell it was, he actually was confused, super smart, but he was living in the system. He cares crazy about what's, what's happening and a really great guy, but he was completely confused how this could resolve that. And he just sent me a note yesterday saying, I'm finally starting to get my head around this. And finally started. So he too will move over to the new system. I'm sure of it. He will start investing into the new system. I'm sure of it. Um, and, and you bring more and more people, but the belief that everybody knows is just, is just a fallacy. They just don't. It's so they're, they're measuring the system from the system and and their incentives outweigh their ability to do uh, to do deep research and understand now are there some people are there some um, terrible people within that system that do know? Yes, but the majority um, don't
0: Yeah. And I mean, I, I think that there's, you know, a lot of signs too, or not signs, I guess, but a lot of things that might that might detract some people, too. And, um, you know, I kind of want to dive into the ed- current SEC regulations going on when it comes to, you know, things like Binance and Coinbase, because I think, you know, as you've been talking and, you know, saying that there's issues with the current system. And obviously, you know, if you if you talk to you and I, that the answer to that is is Bitcoin potentially. But it seems like everybody still kind of groups in crypto and and Bitcoin. And it seems like these regulations right now, you know, if you're looking at the Bitcoin price, um, you know, Binance got hit. Bitcoin fell about 5 percent Then Coinbase got hit and it was back up 5 percent. So it seems like Bitcoin's been kind of resilient during this whole thing. But um, when it comes to the SEC crackdown overall on, you know, whether you want to call them the shitcoin casinos or whatnot, uh, how do you view, uh, I guess, the SEC kind of approaching um, you know, these regulations to, uh, I guess, these crypto exchanges? And, you know, what does that make for other potential, not only crypto companies in the future, but Bitcoin specific companies?
1: So I wrote an article here um, over a year ago called Finding Signal in a Noisy World. <laughs> and this was before FTX collapse. It was before all of this. And it, and it invested and in, in, because I was asked your question all the time. What, uh, what, what does this lo- look like? So I thought I'd put that down and what it would look like as we played this forward. Um, and and what you have is um, Bitcoin being decentralized and secure and a, a blockchain specifically it can only pick two of three sides of a, a, of a blockchain trilemma. And, and so decentralization, security, or scalability. Bitcoin on layer one solved decentralization and security. And every year, More decentralized and secure. Um, And so you can see that. So now how do you compete? Now imagine this thing you could do nothing with. You couldn't scale it um, because it only did five to seven transactions a second. You couldn't do anything else. So there's a whole bunch of people inside Bitcoin that were just earlier and held it that were getting rich inside a market where everybody else was losing their purchasing power every year. Right. So, and and the inside that market, you were the, that market was ten thousand times bigger than Bitcoin. So everybody's measuring Bitcoin from that system that they're losing purchasing power each year. And Bitcoin, you have this incredible wealth effect by people just holding the Bitcoin, doing nothing else, but they couldn't do anything. What would that incent? Wouldn't it incent a much, bunch of people to say? I have, I can do this other thing on, on bitcoin. I'm gonna create new Bitcoin. I'm gonna create this new thing and everything else. And so you have to at the first principles level, ask what the what the trade-offs are on that. So the trade-offs of scalability on on a base layer. So I'm gonna I'm gonna choose scalability and trade off security. So I don't so it's gonna be it's gonna lack security. So it's really fast, but it lacks security. I suspect those all fail. You don't have to be a rocket science t- scientist to say I don't think the world is going to be built on insecure <laughs> technology from a base base layer. So so then now let's attack the a, a new Bitcoin like Dogecoin. So I have the exact same utility that has less security and cent- and, and and decentralization. Why would anybody use it besides just making money, right? Just uh, short term making money. And then so, so we could throw out those. Now let's attack the ones that are going to get centralized, like Ethereum and, uh, and, and, and others. So now I have a, a, a very expensive database that costs more than databases that's centralized. Who would use that? Like, who, like it, 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 How would you build decentralized finance on top of a centralized, expensive database? That other people control it's like it's so ludicrous so so through that lens you, what you could see is bitcoin was a protocol right at the base layer what most people talk about bitcoin it's a protocol of the base layer and then lightning comes on as a second layer can do more fediment comes on as another layer that can do more and do, give give value in a in a in a stack and everything else even just from the fundamental nature of of economics and what They, they don't have any utility. I can't see one thing that stays valuable inside the crypto ecosystem. Now, if I'm Coinbase or Binance and I make more money because I can trade every time somebody trades 20,000 securities, I get paid and then I can create my own coin and I can pretend it has value and i can back my other value with that that, uh, that 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 coin i can understand why those would make a bunch of money and that and why those uh, and for a short time essentially they're lobbying governments and conflating bitcoin and everything else with the money that they're stealing from people so so when the sec actions come in on that just as a first principle level um there's a, there's a court case going back to 1930 or something, 1931, the Howey test. It is not, it, 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 this is, this has already been, um, uh, tried. It's already been there's, there's precedent. So, so that all of these don't pass the Howey test. So, so then I sit on an exchange on top of all of these securities and I make money from all of these securities diluting the public and, conf- and conflating that and I make a bunch of money to be able to lobby governments and, 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 and essentially buy off politicians. Uh, no wonder it looks like this. It's a, but, but, and, and ironically, today, then, then a bunch of those people come in to Bitcoiners, we're all in this together, we're anti-government. No, we're not in this together. We're not into this together. I think the, pr- the premise for most bi- people in Bitcoin is this. Um, I believe in an honest ledger period. I believe in something that's an honest ledger and 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 open to anybody to be able to do. I don't believe in a dishonest ledger. So we are, I would say the entire, where people who think Bitcoin maxis are, are, are for government or anything else, like I believe in an honest ledger. I believe that government will get way smaller as a result of that honest ledger. And I believe government will get way bigger with dishonest at Ledger, and so 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 when I see the the SEC actions, when I see all of these things, it was just inevitable. You could read that piece that I wrote, and you could see, okay, this is going to happen. But even if it didn't happen, so you have a, an expensive database that has no utility, right? What's going to happen? They're all going to go to zero, anyways. So, and, and, and sorry, I want to carry that on. If you centralize a database, if you have everything, it has to be centralized. Wouldn't you think government would attack that?
0: One hundred percent, and that's where I kind of think that we're where we're at right now is that you know the government is I guess using crypto almost as like a ruse to to get to Bitcoin now whether they will or not um, you know it, it seems like they're all kind of grouping them together and the the more regulations as you kind of like lined out are you know I guess the, because these securities aren't passing the Howie test like all of these just useless useless crypto tokens essentially are allowing governments to come in and say you know hey like. You know, you got screwed by FTX, Coinbase, Binance, whatever. Uh, let us come in and kind of help the investor out, so to speak. And so obviously, you know, as Bitcoiners, uh, you know, we, we kind of you know trust the decentralized ledger and, and all that kind of aspects of things kind of going for a smaller government. So it seems like in the short term. There's going to be more regulations and it it seems like this you know the topic of bitcoin and crypto is now going to be on the ballot when it comes to you know the 2024 elections so do you think that this is uh you know i guess uh i I guess i want to kind of ask more about the timing of this because it seems like you know obviously ftx and everything happened in around november time of last year this is you know six seven months later and we're having, uh, you know, the Coinbase crackdown after the Wells notice and everything else. So uh, the timing seems kind of p- peculiar to me that that they've been kind of going through this, you know, uh, I guess, how we test or whatever you want to say, like kind of diving into these crypto securities. and. You know, I, I'm just not quite sure why this hasn't happened earlier and why it's taken so long. So I don't know if you have like maybe a theory on that, or you know, as you think, uh, you know, time goes on, if you think that that this is going to lead to more regulations kind of coming to coming up to the uh, I guess election time next year. Well, let's say
1: let's say start uh, this first, um, and then this is where um, I would have, have um. Uh, the broader picture that you're talking about, I have um, some, uh, 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 I understand the point of view from from a bunch of the people in crypto. If they said this, how is government going to do this? They're, they affect a bunch of those people, are anarchists, and they want to know government, and how are they going to do this? And I would just ask a simple question, a higher level simple question. You Today, we have, uh, a government and an entire regulation body designed to protect uh, protect our money, protect our savings from a system designed to steal it. Right. So in that, in that, in think through that. Right. We have a system underneath this that is designed through inflation to steal your money, which you don't have a vote in. You have no vote. And then there's a whole bunch of regulation to protect you from that system that steals your money, so it's ludicrous. But the solve to that system is not let's let everything go, and let's let let uh, let's let a whole bunch of shady actors defraud other actor or act, actors because they get it, because they can buy they can buy off a politician and create a uh, create. Uh, dog coin or or whatever uh, whatever uh, uh, coin, and that's the one that's going to going to work. That is not the solve. The solve for that system is an honest ledger. And and so, two things can be true at the same time, right? <laughs> I believe in an honest ledger. I believe that government will get way smaller as a result of the honest honest ledger, and that if you have all of this other noise. It's actually going to create more confusion about that honest ledger. So, so they're going after the government is going after where they should um, all of the noise first, all of the deep fraud and everything else, and 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 what and and what's happening. And it's going to move up, and it's going to create case law, and it's going to move up. And Ethereum is going to eventually. They're not going to go after Ethereum first. As a result, they're going to move this along. For government to get to this step, or for the uh, SEC to get to this step, which will be challenged in courts and there'll be appeals and everything else, and this is going to play out for a long time. And, it, and, and at some point, the president might get involved in itself and t- overturn a ruling. Um, but this is going to play out for, through a long time. They wanted to, why they started here and developed a case, uh, you can imagine, I suspect their case is really strong. And why they started here is because it's going to get challenged, and then they're going to move that to Ethereum after, afterwards. And they're going to keep Bitcoin is going to be the only thing that's left standing. Why it's going to be the only le- thing left standing is there's no way to stop it. There's no nothing they can do. Who do they go after? The CEO of Bitcoin? Do they go after Amazon servers that are that are processing the transactions? It doesn't work like that. It's decentralized and secure for a reason. And so that decentralization, the highest level I just thought about what I think about is if a system that relied on essentially manipulation of money and accrued a benefit to all the people at the top that we call elite through that benefit of manipulation of money, was that powerful, and it was that powerful in the news, it was that powerful in electing officials, it was that powerful in that, and it was based on essentially stealing money from people at the bottom and transferring it to people at the top. If a system was that powerful globally, then you would have to expect every single attack vector possible to kill Bitcoin, <clears throat> including conflating FTX and all of this, conflating those and making that look like the same thing. So it would create confusion. And what happens? Bitcoin just gets stronger every year, more decentralized, more secure. Everything that I said in the beginning, prices falling to the marginal cost of production, keeps on happening. And so, and everything else kind of has these pumps and dumps and, every, uh, and, 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 and they f- follow through. So I've expected this for a long time. I s- expect it still for a long time. And it's just noise. I, I would. I, it's just all noise. It just it, as long as Bitcoin stays decentralized and secure, which I think is an, is is almost a certainty, then uh, then then all you could just kind of watch this play out and and choose which system you want to live in.
0: Yeah, and and that's great. Um, You know, I I definitely agree with you there. You 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 essentially have the the beauty of the choice right now, right, where you can kind of live in more of a Bitcoin denominated world, or you know, kind of I guess fall. To the the fiat standards that everything has been, you know, I guess all up until Bitcoin was created, and it seems like it's kind of trending towards, you know, more and more Bitcoin adoption as we're kind of going along. Uh, but I kind of want to dive into that a little bit more as to, you know, how do you think that uh, I guess as adoptions coming along and you know the current global macro environment, uh, Bitcoin seems to be re- reacting pretty well at you know even when it seems like everything in the in the macro is kind of falling apart so you know with all that you know i, I guess we've seen you know, Bitcoin kind of go wayside when when it comes to being pretty correlated to various growth stocks or everything like that. Um, maybe risk on assets is what they would call it in the traditional finance space. Um, so, but but it seems to be getting a little bit away from that now. Um, you know, the overall uh, I guess uh, correlation with some of the Nasdaq uh, tech stocks and growth stocks and everything like that has gotten away uh, because you know we've obviously seen things like Nvidia, Apple, like those kind of stock companies shoot up. Bitcoin has been relatively stable, even amongst all of this, you know, kind of craziness going on. So uh, uh, it's kind of a long winded question to get to, you know, how do you think Bitcoin is reacting to the current macro environment? And, you know, I guess, how do you see that kind of changing over the next uh, couple years ish, especially when it comes to the the next halving period and everything along those lines?
1: Um, so, So the primary driver is liquidity. Um, on on both systems, um, and I would say the primary driver is liquidity with a lag. And so, remember when uh, all the stimulus came in—five, six trillion dollars of stimulus—and and everyone at the time, every economist, all government officials, and everything, there's there, don't worry about inflation. There's going to be no inflation. Then about twelve months later, they said inflation is going to be transitory, and then we're going to then we have high inflation. So when that's that's because when you when you enter that much money or manipulation of money into a system, the effect takes time to work through the system, about 18 months to work through the system. So it's liquidity with a lag. And when you reduce that liquidity, that same, same thing takes effect with a lag. So what's happening right now with, uh, with the tightening, um, or the quasi tightening because the treasury has been involved in kind of keeping it stable. But unless there's massive more liquidity, massive around the world, the four hundred trillion dollars becomes insolvent, and it's all tied to counter its counterparty risk all the way down. There's nothing there. It's not back. Nothing's backing it. People believe there's something backing it. It's a belief system that it's solvent. Solvent is backing it. So without more essentially manipulation of the denominator, that belief system collapses, and and. And that belief system includes the house that you think is worth X, and it's worth X because of that liquidity, and, the, and, and all of the where you do all your shopping and all of the on all your businesses and everything else. It's all on a belief system that that debt today is solvent and it's insolvent. So, can it can that belief system persist? Can people get rug pulled over and over and over either through hyperinflation and deflation or deflation and then reset and get rug pulled again? Yes. That's that's if you looked at Argentina or Venezuela, that's what's happening today. Why at 114% or 100 percent inflation? Or if Turkey today, that's this in the last two weeks has lost 14% of their value on their currency. So so in the last two weeks, things have gotten more expensive by fourteen percent uh, in in Turkey. In the last two weeks, if you're a citizen in Turkey, your wages just got pickpocketed by fourteen percent, and it's and, and and this is happening all around the world. And so, why do people stay in that system when they know it has to happen? And they give that system more power, and they vote for somebody else who says that they can save it, or they march against the streets. And make that system stronger when they have an opportunity just to walk across the bridge to Bitcoin and not get not get their money stolen. I don't know, but human nature says it's going to go on for a lot longer than people think because it goes on longer for even though in Argentina or Venezuela or Turkey you have a higher percentage of Bitcoiners than you do in some other areas, It's still it's not like it's a hundred percent. It's not like it's fifty percent. And if if those people knew just walked across to the new system the whole system would change um, and they would be protected they would also be protected from it but most people stay stuck and so why would you expect if it happens all over the world and many people actually probably listening to this podcast are doing the same thing where most of their energy is inside the existing system trying to get giving it more strength um, why would you expect that there would be a change if you yourself, most of your energy is, is giving the existing system more strength. So this is going to take a bunch of time to be able to, uh, to happen. The good news is people living in Bitcoin right now are already living in the future. They can already start to, they can already start to see what's happening and the value um, as, uh, as that's expanding.
0: Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, that, that just kind of like leads me perfectly into the next question where you're talking about like living in the future and, you know, kind of a step ahead of things, but you know, what, what needs to be done in order to help get, I guess, you know maybe the normies of the world into Bitcoin and kind of help onboard some more people is you know building businesses and other things along those lines when it comes to you know the ease of use of Bitcoin whether it's transacting in Lightning you know various other you know aspects of Bitcoin and you know obviously you have ego death capital and there's a lot of uncertainty like we've kind of lined out here on the current system. But, you know, there's also a lot of hope when it comes to the, the Bitcoin related world in the in the future. So, you know, on, on that note, like, how are you looking at, you know, I- investing into companies now? Um, is it more is it a little bit different than than maybe you were looking at it, you know, a couple years ago? Um, and uh, yeah, uh, I guess I'll, I'll leave it at that.
1: Yeah, so so this transition. So now you have, if you think, if you just use an analog, if you think uh, it's it's actually a bigger analog than what I'm going to going to say. But if you use an analog of TCP/IP, developed by DARPA in the '60s, and it wasn't until HTTP in 1989 by Tim Berners Lee that started a massive. Entrepreneurs that could build on top of the web or on top of, the, the, of that protocol stack that delivered us this Zoom call or this uh, Riverside call delivered us the iPhone in 2007. We we think that those things always existed because they're so pervasive in our life today. But if you think about how they developed, they happened as a result of protocols, the the layers of the protocol hardening to it. They couldn't be attacked. They were so hard that you couldn't do it. And then the next layer came on and then the next layer came on. And when the next layer came on, it started an opportunity for innovation as entrepreneurs raced on top of it. So if you think about Bitcoin in 2017, 2018, Lightning didn't exist. That's actually why everybody went to create all this other stuff and entrepreneurs couldn't build on top of this. And then Lightning and Liquid and a whole bunch of other layer twos uh, uh, started being developed that then created more innovation in the space. And what's happening is that is, that is it just exploding. So what people, and, and so you have the base level Bitcoin that's essentially chasing abundant energy. So through Bitcoin mining, it's actually driving an incentive to create abundant energy. So it's not an, an internet on top of uh, of misinformation. It's an in, it's, it's a new internet that's being built to energy, essentially. And you could look through the physics of what I'm just saying. And it's so instead of centralizing energy and making bad decisions economically because you have to centralize energy, you now have a you have something that's chasing abundant energy that is tied to the new essentially. What's happening is a new peer to peer internet. And, and in being able to invest in that space uh, before other people, being able to kind of work with some of the top entrepreneurs in this space that understand what's happening and actually are building real value, that then shows up that we don't have to have this conversation about what Bitcoin is. They're just people are getting way more value on top of that protocol that gives them more value than anywhere else in their life. Is is wildly exciting, and you it's early, but you can see you can see what's happening, you can see what's happening, and you get to predict all of the other changes as a result of that. Um, similar to what was happening on the internet, if people if people actually think and that they could have seen the iPhone or this Riverside call in nineteen ninety two, they're deluding themselves. Like that comes out of a million entrepreneurs. Billion entrepreneurs chasing how can I provide v- better value on top of this new new uh, new value stack, and if you just use one example of lightning in, in that, or uh, it, it, so today, any single person on the planet, no matter where you are, can send money anywhere else for fractions of pennies in Bitcoin, fractions of uh, pennies through through lightning, immediate final settlement. And, um, now you, and, and at the same time you have visa or money transfers or, and all of this legacy stock that charges two and a half to 5% to 10% for doing the same function. The technology just changed in and made fractions of a, of a penny. What do you think is going to happen? Um, where, where will, when, when, and that's why Lightning is growing so fast. That's why more and more people are integrating it because it's, it's a positive every single person who uses it to accrete more value versus paying a leg- legacy stack that is already insolvent um, to, 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 for a high-cost transaction. So the, the market will move here um, for sure. The market will move here and the entrepreneurs that are building that future are going to create some of the what we see today as the apples the Teslas, and everything else and drive our attention they're going to create the new versions of those on a new protocol stack
0: yeah and that seems to be you know the the way things are trending as well you know but but it also seems like the new kind of fad i guess in in outside of bitcoin is ai and you know you obviously just had a great podcast with Guys, swan on the bitcoin audible so if you guys haven't heard that definitely go and check out that interview uh diving fully into ai but you know how do you think that these two worlds kind of i guess commingle or connect as you know the world is kind of i guess moving forward right i mean we got the internet and then bitcoin's like essentially the the currency of the internet now we have you know artificial intelligence kind of mixing in there so uh, yeah, where do you kind of see all this, uh, like I guess, commingling forward? I, obviously, it's difficult to to project, and uh, as you kind of lined out, right? I mean, you, nobody really knew like that we would be on this kind of call in 1992. So maybe we're kind of in the 1992 range of uh, where AI and and Bitcoin and everything else is going. But um, you know, how do you see all these worlds kind of commingling?
1: So that's why, that's why I go back back to the first principles instead of getting stuck in the noise of what's ha- happening. So it, what, at first principles, What let's go through some of the things that we just are. are did. Prices follow the marginal cost of production. Uh, marginal cost of production is falling exponentially because of things like AI. And the only thing that could measure that is a sound money. So where prices fell to you, you got more value every year. You're, you're you might get paid less in, in fiat terms, but you, you actually have more time and more value as prices fall. Same reason you don't pay for your oxygen, right? You get more value out of it as, as prices fall. That is, that is what should happen at a first principles level that doesn't because we live in a construct that is the opposite. So nothing I just said there, you could, debate me you could try but there's nothing i just said there that is isn't factual at a first principles level so let's go to another uh, trend or something that we see that influences what i just said ai since the 50s has had the exact same line if you're measuring logarithmically if you're measuring exponentially it's why when i wrote my book i put two chapters on ai and i predicted it is is essentially exactly where we'd be now because you could see that most people were measuring AI linearly and they'd be super surprised at the next advance of AI. And I'm not surprised at all, like not at all. And, and, and if you measure exponentially, what's going to happen next, I'm not going to be surprised at that, that either. If you measure what's going to happen as you now take manual labor and all of the things that the, the digital world is doing and you you put AI in the in the automation of machines, then it falls to its marginal mar- marginal cost of production as well, and and what you'll see out of that is you'll have probably within five years robots that could do anything better than you, maybe ten years, but maybe, maybe but but working for five uh, five dollars an hour or less because the marginal cost of production will fall. Now you could project that curve, and you could say oh, we should make prices more expensive while the robots and AI are taking more jobs. And then what are going, what are people going to do when they don't have jobs, when they can't eat and they can't pay for the food and the, and, and the people have concentrated at real estate and everything else and the government concentrates that. What the government will do on a CBDC is essentially take that back you'll expand government over and over and over again it get bigger and bigger and bigger and you put it in a digital currency and you'll press a button and transfer the wealth back right so so if you run these paths on on that trend line and the trend line hasn't changed so what's happening is when people are talking about the trend line changing and now ai is a surprise they're watching a frame of the movie instead of the movie that's what's that's what's happening, and it hasn't changed since the 50s. It's this exact same trend line. Same with uh, same with Moore's law. Exact same trend line. And so you can predict if something hasn't changed in that long, the likelihood of it changing in the next as the next dot comes in, 18 months now, tw- uh, uh, two years from now, is probably that that trend line is going to be somewhat similar. So you can now project project what is going to happen as a result of that, that trend line on both systems. So what that means is that trend line on on, the, on on Bitcoin, if you have Bitcoin, is that exponential productivity gain will flow to you. It'll look to you if you're measuring it from the existing system that Bitcoin's going up in price. But what's really happening is all prices are falling against it at a crazy level. And if you're in the existing system, you're going to get way more and more confused as money is manipulated at a at a, at a rate that it will blow people's minds to be able to pretend the existing system is solvent
0: wow <laughs> that that is i, I guess I, I i don't know if I, anybody i've heard it can line it out better than you did right there and you know you know it all makes sense right i mean it, the inflationary of 2% every single year uh that that we've kind of been accustomed to you know anticipate and everything like that just you know, in the end, once you find Bitcoin, like you said, it's like, why didn't I ever think of this before? Or, you know, you felt like you always knew it as it seems so, somewhat intuitive. But in reality, you're just, you know, conditioned to to live in this system. But uh, you've been very generous with your time. So I really appreciate you coming on. So, uh, Jeff, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and uh, what you all what all you got going on?
1: uh if somebody's looking for investment through a company in Bitcoin space now we do not invest in any altcoins or anything else in crypto but but if it's a bitcoin related company um it, send a, an email to ego death um, we're actively investing in the ecosystem and it's crazy it's so much fun um the uh, actually I'd always say this now uh, if you're following me on I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on many of the different uh, social networks. So if you want to check where I am, jeffbooth.ca, it's just my website and I update for for which accounts are real because there's so much spam out there uh, today. But I, I spend, uh, spend more time on Noster these days.
0: And Nostra great. And I believe you have your Noster pub key in your bio on Twitter. Um, so, yeah. So if you guys want to go to his Twitter at Jeff Booth, you can find his Noster pub key and then you can follow him there. So Jeff, thanks so much, man. Thanks, Brandon. All right, man.